Welcome to the What Now podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Powers. Follow along as I figure out how to go from feeling lost and at a crossroads in my life to hopefully, eventually, being found. If you have ever felt like you needed a change or pivoting from your current experience is necessary, but you just don't know how, join me. Wanderers are always welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. This is your host, Amanda. I am so excited to be here. It is gorgeous in Nashville today, honestly. So gorgeous, pure blue sky, and it's really nice out other than it's, you know, 12 degrees. (laughs) So we have officially hit fake spring number one in Tennessee. So everybody got faked out and uh, we're all sad about it, but do you know, doing the most and the least with what we got right now. So that's where we're at. I figured we could catch up on the week. We had two guests um, in early February, which was awesome. We had an excellent episode with Case Kenny and he came on and talked about his career in the wellness and mindfulness space and pivoting from working in marketing and tech sales to becoming an author and podcaster and content creator full-time and what that life was like for him and how he's grown his business and his brand in and of itself into the conglomerate that it is today and getting his his name and his brand recognition spread throughout the country. And I think that's super cool. So go back and listen to his episode if you're interested in full-time content creation and how to make that career a reality. He had a very interesting perspective on those choices and, you know, struggles to consider, you know, to be aware of certain things you're not going to be able to avoid when you want to try and do those things, but learning how to believe in yourself and stay, stay consistent, right? When you really, when you really do enjoy something, no matter how hard it is, you find ways to get through it to survive and outlast. And so he, he talked a bit about that. And then last week was an episode with my lovely a future sister-in-law, uh, Lee Harrow. She is a beautiful, sweet wedding planner. And so we talked all things wedding, you know, finances, getting into that industry, the ups and downs of being a wedding planner and how stressful that can be sometimes. It was gave me some insight that I never really thought about and how difficult her job truly must be. Because as, you know, Jackson's sister, I get to hear on the back end of what happens to her during the day, but fully appreciating all the effort and technique and talent she actually has that she's able to produce all these super cool, magical experiences for all of her different clients. It's so great to see somebody that has that much creativity and spark and the desire to continue to grow her own business. So I I felt very inspired and encouraged and excited for her during her episode. So if you are considering getting married or you need help with planning your wedding, anything like that, please go check out Lee's episode. She had a lot of cool stuff to chat with me about and I just love her dearly. So obviously I'm going to promote her and hope that her business continues to do well. And then, oh, if you heard that, that's Dirk. So he just jumped up on the bed behind me. Hey bud. So we interviewed Lee. That came out on February 13th. And then the next day was Valentine's Day. I thought I wasn't going to have any plans, but a friend of mine who lives here in town, she invited me to 
I don't know if any other Nashvilleians that are listening to this would know this or not, but over in 12 South, there is a ice cream parlor called Frice Cream, F-R-Y-C-E, Frice Cream. And I have never personally actually ordered the Frice Cream, but it's French fries mixed with homemade ice cream. So homemade French fries mixed with homemade ice cream, and then they flavor the ice cream to match whatever the flavor profile of the french fry is. So if it's savory sweet or whatever, you can pick and choose. I'm assuming delicious because he's turned it into a franchise. But the owner is friends with my friend, told me, hey, the owner of Fry's Cream is doing uh, locals only dinners inside of that restaurant because it's too cold for the ice cream. So he converts it into a personal restaurant where he does private dinners and small parties and he kind of rotates his menu around. He has a menu for Valentine's Day. Do you want to come with me? It's a five course meal. It's going to be this flat rate, whatever. And so I said, hell yeah, because obviously I want to take advantage of a five course meal at any time, all the time. I I eat constantly. I I don't eat on the show because I feel like that would be distracting. I do I do drink. I've got two three glasses right now on on my desk but are you really hydrated unless you have three bottles of something with you at all times I'm just kidding I digress but yeah so Valentine's Day went out with my friends um and that actually ended up being a lot of fun I I wasn't entirely sure what to expect and I felt so silly um because I didn't have anything to wear, right? Like it, it's a it's a nice dinner, but the, you didn't have to get too dressed up because it is Nashville. So Nashville tends to be a more casual town, and despite having lots of you know award-winning restaurants and you know Michelin star restaurants and stuff like that here, but in and of itself, the culture of Nashville is rather casual. So I wasn't entirely sure what to wear, but that ended up not really mattering. Um, but it was delicious and it made me sad that I had only discovered this particular chef within the last couple of weeks. Um, so he is not going to be doing the locals only. I think it ends at the end of February. Um, but his next round of food is um, Senior Snarky's Tacos or something like that. So it's going to be a taco bar for the end of February. So if anybody that any of my friends, any listeners are hanging out over in 12 South, you need to go over to the location where Frice Cream is and check out the billboard and see what the menu options are for the next two weeks of February, because I promise you, if his tacos are as delicious as his five course meals or his 10 course meals, you're gonna be blown out of the water. So I'm excited, because for for all of you that know me very well, you know that I, I love nothing more than a really good taco. <laughs> anyway, um, so, that was this week. I I worked a lot this week. I um, our office is going through a lot of changes. We're in a we're in a growth period for this particular business, and it is obvious that everybody is doing everything they can to make sure that we continue to that we continue to grow and can surpass the kind of uncomfortable growing pains situation. But while that happens, I recently took over some more job roles. So I've been working, you know, closer to like 50 hour weeks and sometimes working on the weekends too, to just kind of catch up and make sure I can get everything done that I need done before the next Monday rolls around. So I've just, I have been all over the place 
which is why I was super grateful to have two other guests this week because I just, I've not had the time to really come up with planning out new ideas. I've written a lot of things down over the past week and I noticed that there was a particular pattern what I kept writing down, right? And so I decided that that should be this week's topic. But it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to do when you're you're constantly online already all the time. Uh, coming back and realizing, oh yeah, I still have to get back online and do this for myself too. And you're kind of like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so emotionally drained. Ugh. I don't know if I have any creativity left in me right now. But uh, you find a way and you pull it out. That's that's just what you got to do. Podcasting is not for the weak. I will say that much right now. It's definitely not. And it's a completely different medium from any other format of social, pseudo-social interaction, right? Like a digital communication interaction with somebody. Because I'm sitting here talking into my microphone, hoping that anything I'm saying is relatable or funny or worth discussing to begin with. But there's hundreds of people that are going to be on the other side that are listening to this and it's resonating and they're distributing it or they're sharing it or they're liking it or commenting on it, whatever. Um, but you can't fully tell a story or explain an emotional thing. I think the same way that you can through a podcast, the way that you can on Instagram or Facebook or whichever. So this long form content, even though right now I'm only doing audio only, um, which again, I need to, I need to go bother some of my uh, audio and visual <laughs> engineers at my office. Be like, hey, I have some more questions. Can you please help me uh, how to figure this out to get my videos um, back up to the level that I want them to be at? Anyway, I digress. All of this to say, I'm telling you about everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks because everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks has informed the topic that I wanted to cover today, which is about internal narratives and the internal story that you tell yourself about yourself, the internal story that you tell yourself about your own reality and how your internal narrative is very, very important because how you speak to yourself becomes your reality and that can manipulate your your trajectory right your emotional stability your uh, your your growth your your decision making when it's time to pivot all, all kinds of things right and so over the last couple of weeks i noticed i was saying certain things to myself and so one of the lessons i learned from case kenny's interview was that if you have an idea for your podcast or an idea that you want to discuss you need to write it down over the last couple of weeks i started writing down these internal thoughts you know, like, oh, I had this idea or, oh, I had, I had this that I wanted to say, but I'm going to forget it. So I need to write it down now or whatever. And so while I was preparing for this week's podcast episode, I was doing research on other people that I wanted to interview in the future. And I came across a couple of episodes from where other podcasters had interviewed a, um, an author psychother uh, and psychotherapist, Lori Gottlieb. She was a TED Talk speaker, and so she's had a few TED Talks um, published as well and several books, but she was being interviewed on a couple of different podcasts, and so I started going down a rabbit hole of her stuff, but she is a specialist about how changing your story can change your life, and I thought, okay, this, this is interesting, and so over the last couple of weeks, while I was doing research for the show and, you know, running around like a chicken with his head cut off, I decided, okay, let me see what would it be like 
if I did what Lori Gottlieb said, where I started to pay attention to my internal narrative, what, what would it sound like? You know, cause like it, when you're just living your life and you're subconsciously going through, you know, going throughout your day, you subconsciously say things to yourself, you know, like, Oh, darn it. Oh shoot. Oh, you know, good job. Or nice. Like you just did this thing. You accomplished whatever, or, Oh, that makeup looks good. Or, Oh man, you should put on makeup, whatever, etc. You talk to yourself all day long, whether you admit it or not internally, some, somebody's talking to you. And I thought, what would it be like if I actually wrote down what I had said to myself over the last couple of days? And then we sit down for the podcast and I talk about the research that I did about internal narratives. But I also talk about what was my internal narrative. And I'll be honest, I had to stop writing them down or recording them. Because when I would read them back to myself or when I would listen back to them, they were, they were not nice. They were not nice things. It was a really weird experiment that I did on myself, kind of like a metaphorical looking in the mirror situation, or what is it, holding up a mirror to yourself, you know, holding up to your own reflection. They were rough. They're, they're, they were rough. And it was stuff where I guess I didn't realize it in the moment when I was saying it or writing it down because I was so wrapped up in what I was doing that day, right? Like I, I was just going along, you know, hopping between podcast meetings and work and recordings and editing and going back to copywriting and working on my my client portfolios for my my day job you know bouncing back and forth between the things reading my book for book club taking care of dirks getting dirks out of dog fights you know <laughs> hanging out with friends going back home you know trying to get my mental health in order with working out and eating healthy whatever that i wasn't fully paying attention to it until you know, a couple of days ago when I was sitting down to write the outline for the show and I was reading what I had said to myself and you can see the timeline, right? So like when I said certain things, my, my internal narrative matched up to the day that the days or things that were happening in that moment. And you can see the timeline and the progression of certain spirals that I went down, um, whether I realized it or not. And so I, I had to stop. I had to stop writing them down because it was just kind of like, Oh, this is this is really hard to read. This is really hard to keep up doing. And when I continued to do the research from Lori Gottlieb's stuff, I realized why it was so hard for me to keep doing that. And it's kind of like, oh, because you're that's in such a bad place, and it's not good for people because humans were not predispositioned to be able to accept that much negativity over and over and over again repeatedly. You know, it's just, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. You know, it causes anxiety and depression and negative manifestations throughout your body, you know, because how you speak to yourself, your body responds to. So that's what I want to talk about today is that we've got to be conscientious of what we say to ourselves because the person that you will speak to the most during your life is yourself and how you encourage that person or how you reprimand that person, how you embrace that person shapes who you are and what you say internally matters. It really does. Like we're, we're, we need to monitor the way that we narrate our lives and examine our storytelling to make positive changes, right? Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write down everything that I had done or said to myself, because I kind of caught myself in moments like 
I thought I thought I was self-aware. I, I, <laughs> I thought I was aware of, you know, myself and my surroundings. And I'm sure I am to a certain extent, but to realize that I still talk this way to myself is just awful, you know, cause like for little things, right? Just like as an example. So during Valentine's day, there were moments where I said things like, well, <sighs> I guess you can go out with your friends. Like you're single, you don't have anything better to do. Or, you know, here we go. Another one bites the dust. Another Valentine's Day with nobody to share that with. Or um, how come when I'm going out with my friends, like guys are interested in talking to them, but they don't want to talk to me. Like what's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? Oh, well, it's because you're, you're not interesting enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not, you don't bring anything to the table like they do. Or what is it that they have that you don't? <sighs> There were times where I would run into people over the last couple of weeks, like, uh, and they would say things, you know, oh, well, we need to hang out or we need to catch up or we need to do X, Y, and Z. And you'd be like, yeah, that would, that would be great. I would love that. And then I would say to myself, that person's not actually going to call you. That person doesn't actually want to hang out with you. Like they haven't done it in weeks. Why would they do it now? Or like, oh, this person didn't answer your text back because, you know, they don't, they don't have anything to say, or they don't, they don't actually want to spend time with you, whatever, like just really silly, not true things, right? Like I, I even started hanging out with somebody recently that I thought was attractive and I had had a bad day. And so I was like, you know what, we're going to spin this on its head. We we've been talking badly to ourselves. We, we need to boost our confidence back up. And there was a moment where I was like, okay, just text them, see what they're up to, come up with some kind of witty banter or whatever. Um, it was an embarrassing amount of times that I wrote that text out, deleted it, wrote that text out, deleted it. And finally it was just like, just send it, just send it and put your phone on silent and then check it in like 10 minutes or something. Like, I don't know, just don't. A watched pot never boils kind of situation. Like they're, they're not going to text back if you're just staring at your phone. And then the person does text back and they already had plans so they couldn't hang out, which is completely normal and completely fine. But the thing that I said to myself when I got that response was, oh, you idiot, you shouldn't have done that. Now you've shown your cards or, oh, you idiot. Like, look how silly you looked trying to be witty and like ask if this person's available to come over or not. Like, and now they just rejected you. Like how embarrassing. And the reality was like, the response was very kind and not blatantly like, you know, get out of my face. Don't ever message me again. Like it just, it was hard to look back at my messages and my, my notes about myself and read that those were the things that I said to myself. Like, no wonder you're still single X, Y, Z, or of course you shouldn't have sent that message. Like that's not, it wasn't cute. Oh, not good enough. Clearly it's spending time with somebody else and not you, like not, not interested. Like, see, told you, shouldn't have done it. You know, just negative after thing and after negative thing. Like it just, it was sad. It was sad to see that, but it became very obvious to me that my reality, what I thought was my reality was not actually matching up to what was truly happening in that moment. And um, it made me want to figure out, is there something I could do to address this? Like, these internal narratives. And like, now that I've kind of checked myself about how I speak to myself and I have proof that it's not good, despite what other people who are in my life, who do love me and care about me would say, why am I talking this way to myself? And how do I, how do I address this? Let's, let's discuss, right? So let's discuss. So 
So Lori Gottlieb's interviews about this particular topic, she will ask the interviewees or the interviewer, um, you know, are we, are we taking a step back and realizing whether or not we are self-aware and asking yourself, are you feeling sad? Are you feeling depressed? Are you in a negative headspace already? Because when you try to tell yourself an accurate story when you're depressed, it doesn't actually work that way. Um, so if you're already sitting in an emotional space that's really vulnerable or hypervigilant or in a very dark place, it's going to be difficult to tell yourself the truth because you've got this veil over, o- over yourself. Your perception is going to be skewed. So that at least helped me feel a little bit better about like, ah, okay, I'm overreacting in my messages to myself because I'm probably feeling really vulnerable or I'm feeling inadequate for some reason. And I'm feeling sad maybe because I feel lonely over the last few weeks. And the truth is that none of those people feel that way, feel feel negatively about me, but I'm telling myself that they feel negatively about me because I didn't get the outcome that I thought I wanted, right? Uh, Dr. Gottlieb explains that when you are depressed or you are grieving, you are not actually the best person to talk to you about you in that moment. Because when you're depressed, you know, your thinking can be really distorted. Your world becomes strictly black or white. You tend to stay inside of a veil of negativity and you can't see things yourself or other people very clearly. So you have to tell yourself, you know, hey, I'm actually probably not in the best place right now. And I need to, I need to grieve or I need to go through it. And then I can talk to myself after the fact, you know, I need to allow space to exist for me to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling with the acceptance that this is not always how it's going to be or always the reality in that moment. And she encourages people in her interviews that, it can actually be comforting to know that your negativity or your depression will not always look like this. Your reality will not always look like this. And despite how it feels in the moment, you can, you can get through it. But the most important thing to realize is that we are actually very unreliable narrators of our own lives. So I think that when I read the messages that I was leaving for myself, and how negative and horrible they were, it made me feel better when I listened to Dr. Gottlieb's interviews and her her work, because if the truth is that I'm unreliable when I speak to myself, then those horrible things that I had said and those sad um, detrimental things that I was saying to myself are not true. And so when I looked back on them over the last couple of weeks, I had a little, I had a bit of a sense of relief that like, oh, I'm so glad that I did this experiment because it kind of showed me the reality of what's going on in my head, but I'm triple reminding myself that none of that is true. None of those perceptions I had of myself are real. Um, So every time I would say something like that, it was wrong, you know, so that's, that's a good relief. But how do you, how do you address that? How do you get to a place where you can have your internal thoughts become more real or become truth closer to truth than what they what they are right now and she dr gottlieb basically explains that you know we tell 
these stories to make sense of our lives. But the truth is, what it, it can go wrong quickly, you know, when the stories that we tell are misleading or they're incomplete or they're, you know, just false. And the way that you narrate your life shapes what you become and will determine the choices that you make. And she, you know, would hammer home again that just depression in particular can definitely distort the, your view of yourself and the stories that you tell. Um, there's a difference between, you know, completely isolating yourself from the world and being completely isolated while going through a depressive state versus just taking time for yourself to reflect and work on your self-awareness and evaluate where you're at in your life and where you want to go and what can you do um, from there. And I I guess I struggle with that sometimes too, because I, I mean, I, I am single, right? And I, I do live alone and I am hyper independent. Like I, I flip flop back and forth a lot. <laughs> you could even see it in some of the messages I left for myself. Oh. I, I would flip back and forth between thinking like, you know, oh, you're so, you're home alone because you're so boring. Nobody wants to hang out with you or, you know, you could go out, but, you know, nothing good would happen. You know, you can't go out alone because nobody wants to hang out with the girl that's all alone um, at the bar or whatever. Um, it's not, you can't do it because it's not safe. You should go only if there's people with you or no, you're fine. You're brave. Like you, if you want to go out, go out or you don't need to wait on anybody to, to go with you. You know, you can do stuff by yourself too. And, but I won't have as much fun if I'm just by myself or whatever. Or And then it would flip completely in the opposite direction and be like, no, I love my couch. I love my sweat my sweatpants from Honor Active. I'm going to stay in my suits and I'm going to binge watch TV with my dog. And that's enough for me. It would flip back and forth, right? And like, there were moments where I had to, you know, kind of rethink what she was saying. Like, am I taking time for myself or am I isolating myself inadvertently? And now I'm, you know, fueling the negative thoughts and the negative narrative to myself because I'm actually closing myself off from things that could combat those negative thoughts versus I'm just doing self-care and like, I'm actually a bit more introverted than I am extroverted. So like I am completely fine being at home. I don't need to go out all the time, et cetera. I, I don't know. Um, so that was that was something I was kind of struggling with. And I haven't really talked about that um, often or with, with a lot of people, which I thought was interesting because uh, Dr. Gottlieb also in, I believe it was her TED Talk, um, how changing your story can change your life. Um, her, during her TED talk, she talked about a little bit about um, I, isolating yourself on purpose like that will make it very difficult for you to pull yourself out of that negative headspace. But there are things that you can do and you should do. So you should ask for help, right? Like the bare minimum, like everybody says, you know, if you're having a problem or you're struggling, you know, ask for help. Asking for help doesn't make you weak. Asking for help actually is, you know, builds strength and, you know, self-confidence again and stuff like that. But specifically, she was trying to hammer home that if you're feeling like you're in a negative headspace and you can't trust the reality or the statements that you're making in your own narrative to yourself, you should call your friends, let them help you, whether your friend, whether you are single or you're married or they are single and they're married, single or not, you're married friends or friends that are married with kids still love you and they still find you interesting. So just because you're 
not living the same lifestyle as them or you're not in the same place as them romantically doesn't mean that they don't love you or they don't find you interesting or they don't want to know about your life. You have to stop telling yourself that there's a hierarchy of pain. You know, we we tend to have a we have a tendency to downplay our emotional health pretty often because, you know, oh well, somebody else in the world has it worse off than us. But the truth is that you would never actually do that with your physical health, right? So let's say you break your arm and you needed a cast, but you wouldn't go, oh, well, I don't need to go to the hospital. I don't need any help because somebody else has cancer and they need to be in the hospital and they need that attention more than me. You would never do that. If you actually broke your arm, you would go to the hospital and get help. You know, it's just, it's not how that works. And when we are in a negative headspace or a negative place emotionally, or we're talking down to ourselves repeatedly, it's okay for you to go, to realize that you need help as well. And that's completely normal. And your pain that you're feeling that's perpetuating this distorted reality for yourself has value as well. Just because it's not the exact same type of pain that somebody else might be going through doesn't mean yours is less, less valuable or not as important, you know? Um, or doesn't deserve attention, doesn't deserve to be addressed. Sometimes our society really struggles with how to respond to negative or non-positive emotions. And they, they want us to just kind of hurry up and get over it, which is why I think I, when I was reading back the messages to myself, like I would spiral in one direction and then have the pendulum swing in the other. Like the way to, I was telling myself to feel better about that situation was just to be like, nah, you don't actually care about that at all. Like you don't care that you're staying at home on, on a Friday night, you know, alone on your couch in your sweatpants. You love this. This is your, this is your dream. Like nobody's touching you. Nobody's bothering you. You got all the liquor in your own house. It's already free. You don't get to tip anybody to pour that drink for you. You get to go to a bathroom with no lines, like, and it's clean. The toilet always works in this, in this club. <laughs> yeah. You're not actually sad. You're not a, you're whatever. So I would downplay, you know, the whole, oh, that was so stupid of you. You shouldn't have sent that text message. Like clearly that wasn't worth it. Or you read the signals wrong. Like you, you dumb, you dumb girl. And then the pendulum would swing right back. And like, I think I almost didn't even want to let myself sit in that space. Like I, I wouldn't even allow myself to one, say that, say those things and acknowledge them rather so I, I would just rather be like oh no we're gonna go to the other extreme of this feeling right now like no you're completely fine i'd go straight from i'm a terrible person and no one loves me to nah you don't care what anybody thinks like straight denial and it's kind of like neither of those you know neither of those ends of the spectrum were true right neither of them are true neither neither of them are real but I couldn't see that and I couldn't tell myself a real story because I was feeling down, right? Or I was feeling exhausted from the week. But it seems that in particular, our society really doesn't know how well, how to respond well to those negative or non-positive emotions. And they want us to just hurry up and get over it, right? You know, whether intentionally or not, our society has taught us to minimize our pain because especially in a 
post-COVID and gratitude, you know, gratitude boosting culture, the, the zeitgeist is telling you, you know, you've got to, if you want to be happy every day, you got to wake up and seek only gratitude, only look at the, what's positive and that's going well in your life and make a list of all those things. Um, anything else beyond that just doesn't matter because, well, there's a war going on between Israel and the Palestinians. There's famines going on in Africa. There's devastation in, in, in Russia and China and the United States is coming up on an election year. And if you think you're, you're having a bad day, imagine living in Washington, DC, like over and over and over again, we're just taught to get past it as soon as you can get, out of your grief as soon as you can get out of your depression as soon as you can get out of your whatever um, because it's too uncomfortable it's too uncomfortable for us to acknowledge that reality and why would we change it to anything else you know if we're not even good storytellers right like how do you tell a better story if you're not a good storyteller to begin with if you can't trust what you're saying to yourself how can you trust yourself to get you out of that place right and, <laughs> I don't know. If I haven't confused you yet, I'm definitely confused, but oh Lord, let me see if I can get this back on track. I found it very interesting how she was, you know, basically explaining that your pain has value, so you can't completely discard it, but you have to be aware that what you say to yourself during painful times or depressed times is not true. There's going to be a warped sense of reality when you are in a negative headspace. And I'm not saying that being in a negative headspace is inherently a bad thing. It's just that acknowledging that that emotion is what's happening and that's the primary perspective, your lens that you're using, anything that comes through that lens is going to automatically look like that. So you just, you just have to keep that in mind. And it, I think especially as women, we've been told for hundreds, if not thousands of years now that we've been taught that we need to think about humbling ourselves we need to be humble about our own situations all the time you know it was a breakup not a divorce so you can't be that sad over a breakup <laughs> it was a broken arm not cancer so you can't be that sad about you know having a painful you know pt recovery you know it was a miscarriage not a child that died you know some some horrible horrible things that nobody would ever want to go through but you're taught to, as a, at least as a woman, you're taught to have a competition about what's painful between each other, especially with each other. And holding space for other people's pain doesn't seem possible because you're not even allowed to hold space for your own sometimes. So the comparison game happens constantly. But essentially that, yeah, you had X, but it wasn't Y and therefore you don't get to, you know, complain about that or you went through A, but you didn't at least go through B. So therefore you don't deserve to feel the intensity that you feel right now. And that's just not, that's just not a way I want to live. That's, it's not. And looking back on the things that I wrote to myself and said to myself this week, that is absolutely not a way that I want to live either, you know, talking to myself that way and having an internal narrative that, you know, it's just, is she's whoever she is, she's not, she's getting in my own way. 
and I need to find a way to allow her to speak, but then also say, thank you so much for sharing internal Amanda, but I'm not going to take what you said personally, or like, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, internal Amanda, but I'm going to bet that that's not real or that's not the whole story or that's not, that's not actually true. That's just what you're telling yourself right now while you're feeling slighted or while you're feeling left out or while you're feeling inadequate. And sometimes there's real reasons why I should feel that way. But I think the majority of the time, if I were to truly look back and like, you know, roll the tapes and see those moments again, I'd go, oh, that's not what happened at all. Or that's not what they said at all. That's not what they meant at all. And yet, for whatever reason, my internal narrative and whether or not that's that's on me, whether or not that's on society, whether or not that's on like my upbringing, I don't know for why my internal conversations with myself have turned out so badly. Um, I, I don't know. That's, that's probably something for uh, therapy <laughs> to work through, but... And that's not the point of this episode. I'm not trying to place blame on why does Amanda talk so poorly to herself or where did that come from and whose fault is it? That's that's not what I'm saying. But I need to find a way to talk to myself in a, in a, I need to find a way to talk to myself in a more accurate manner or at least a more acknowledged manner. Like, hey, I know you're sad. I know you're bored. I know you're depressed. I know you're lonely. I know you're whatever, stressed, anxious, worried. So right now it feels like X, but tomorrow or when you're able to step further away from this, it's going to be this way instead. You know, when you have enough um, distance from this, you can tell yourself the truth. Right now you, you don't have enough distance away to tell yourself the truth. So whatever you're about to say, take it with a grain of salt, something like that. Like I need to figure out a way to because I can never get rid of all my internal thoughts, but I have hope after listening to uh, Dr. Gottlieb's interviews and her TED Talks that because we've acknowledged through science that your internal thoughts are not accurate, they are not valid sources of truth, valid sources of reality all the time, I can feel a little bit better about the fact that I'm not good at storytelling to myself. It's like, oh, okay, great. Nobody's good at this. Cool. Also, the majority of us are always wrong about the stories that we tell to ourselves. So I'm, this means I'm wrong. So I'm not actually dumb or ugly or fat or inadequate or unworthy or unlovable or unattractive or not smart or not funny or whatever, or a bad dog mom. Those people don't actually hate you. They probably don't even know you. They most likely have never thought about you since the last moment you interacted. They probably never even brought it up ever again because they don't actually care about what you're doing. They care about what they are doing. They're focused on themselves. They don't care about anything that you're doing. You know, just all these things, all these things that I was saying to myself, um, none of them are true. None of them are true. So I'm going to work on my internal thoughts, my internal messaging, because if I'm ever going to figure out what I want to do with my life, what my purpose is supposed to be in my life now, I can't spend another precious moment 
tearing myself down because I don't know something. I can't spend another, even another second saying horrible things when something just doesn't go well or doesn't go my way or, you know, um, something's my progression or my, my path in life is going a different way than what I thought it would. You know, it's, um, I can't waste that time. I can't waste that time being so cruel to myself. Even if that moment's very fleeting, even if I say it internally really quickly, like, oh, that was dumb, that's so stupid, you dropped that thing, or, oh, that was dumb, that was so stupid, you know, you shouldn't have sent that text message to that cute person, or, oh, that was dumb, the amount of time it took you to do your your portfolio work, like, you should have, you know, gone to the gym, now you're too exhausted, and now you're a fat slob, or, like, great, that's another day that you miss, like another day where you're not hot, like another day where you're not working towards whatever, like just all these things, like I can't spend another minute on that false reality because how am I, how am I ever going to build the reality that I do want if I'm talking to myself in this warped <laughs> warped twisted way and the same goes for you guys like all of you you know he she they thems anybody that's out there listening any any man woman individual non-binary person however you identify i encourage you to monitor or do what i did um if you have the ability to write down all those internal thoughts when you say something to yourself when, when you're talking to yourself internally what is it that you're saying and then after a couple of days, go back and listen to those messages or go back and read what you wrote down. And I think you would surprise yourself. I think you honestly would really surprise yourself to see what it is that you say to yourself. And is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it real? Is it truthful? So I, I bet money that it's not nice things the majority of the time. And they're not true the majority of the time. And you have to be so careful about what it is you say to yourself because what you say to yourself becomes a reality, right? They do, they do studies on that all the time. Like how you speak to a child manipulates, you know, their, their future. How you speak to yourself becomes a reality. The self-fulfilling prophecy is a pseudo-prophecy because of the power that the human brain has to control your body and your decision-making and your future choices based on how you perceive yourself it's incredibly powerful and a humbling thing to realize so i let me know if you end up doing what i did and you you write down your messages to yourself or you write down or you you know voice note the comments that you're saying to yourself about yourself and you go back and you listen to them later let me know how it goes right like was it better than mine? <laughs> were you kinder, kind, more kind to yourself than I was? And if you were, props to you. And if you were, teach me how. <laughs> Trust me, I would love to learn. I would love to hear your feedback about that. But it's, it's so tough. But you are in the driver's seat of your life. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do with it? 
because how you fuel yourself comes from your narrative. How you encourage or discourage yourself comes from your internal narrative and your perception of your reality will manipulate your decision-making. So you are in the driver's seat of your life. Where do you want to go? Do you want to stay in the negative or do you want to build a life that you've always dreamed of? Build a life you never thought was possible. Create that business. Start that, start that plan. Launch that website. Sell that book or write that book. Sell that product. Whatever your dream might be. Where do you want to go? And how are you going to get there? Because I think until we examine how we speak to ourselves, you can't really make a plan or build out goals if you're constantly standing in your own way with your own negative thoughts and your own distracted mindset, right? And if you're in a depressed place or you're in a negative headspace right now, I hope you know that that reality will not always be that way. That reality is not how everybody else perceives you. You know, you are still loved, you are still valued, and people want to see you grow and come out the other side. There's no reason you should go through something like that alone. You may feel alone, you may feel isolated, you may feel abandoned, but there's no reason that you should go through that alone. So that's that's today's episode. Me admitting that I have a really warped self-talk that I need to work on. And I hope if you have that as well, then you feel seen and just a gentle reminder that like everybody has something that they can work on and everybody has negative headspace sometimes. But the great thing about that being true is that nothing you say to yourself is probably true to begin with. So everything that you're saying in these horrible, horrible, coming from these horrible places, you know, it's bad that we're doing it, but thank goodness it's not real. So we just kind of find a way to flip that on, on its head and acknowledge our pain and allow it to happen, but don't allow it to twist and warp your sense of reality. Easier said than done, right? But, all right, I'm going to let you all go. <laughs> let that sink in for, for a deep, <laughs> deep, deep episode today. But I had a lot that I that I wanted to get off my chest, so I, ho- I hope that was helpful. As always, like, subscribe, rate me, leave a review, and share share the episodes with your friends, anybody that you think that could use this or could relate to this. It would mean the world to me. Always love um, hearing how what y'all think of the show and what you're enjoying and things you would like to see next. I really do appreciate it. You can uh, leave me a voicemail message in the show notes. I've got all my contact information there as well. You can always reach out to me at askwhatnowpodcast at gmail.com. We've got some incredible guests coming up in the next few weeks. So we're going to get back to doing in-person or interviews. So all, all good things are coming there, coming your way. And I'm very excited to share that with you and keep going with the show. But again, like, subscribe, leave a review, let me know what you think. 
and I will chat with y'all soon. And remember, wanderers are always welcome. <laughs>